You're listening to Wander and Roam. Hamish, um, why are you so patient with me? Well, would you would you stop that? So, sorry, it's habit. I think that it's beyond asking why I'm patient with you, raindrop, and more. Why am I patient with? everything you see the bees they travel from to and to fro they flow like a river them bees but the one thing that a wise man once said you never step in the same swarm of bees twice and you never know where they're gonna go suppose that's why Whoa. You know, you're pretty wise. The small and forgotten god Seneth scampers through the branches of the trees above, chasing the last of their sunbeam higher towards the coming twilight. Through the thick trees ahead, one can see a clearing in the woods. Dozens of fireflies buzz around the glen, revealing a carnival teeming with life. Rows of children queue for rides on the backs of shiny black beetles. Barkers, frogs in tiny little vests and top hats, wander the ground selling tickets for rides and other attractions. The music of street performers fills the air with excitement, and the smell of cotton candy, popcorn, and more fair foods wafts on the wind. Welcome to the Mist Glen Carnival. It's very exciting. There's music filling the air, and in fact, a new band takes the stage. All four of the musicians are llamas, and they begin playing a jaunty beat. Uh, One has a banjo, another one has a washboard, someone's playing the spoons, and of course, everybody's favorite, the jug. In the middle of the festival is a massive tent, human-sized among all these tiny animals with a marquee that declares the girl with a thousand masks. Ooh, we should go see that. All right, now, Raindrop, do you happen to have a nickel to go see that? Not currently, but I'm sure people drop stuff all the time. I'm going to go, I'm going to go look and Raindrop just meanders around the edge of the ticket booth and through the outside of the carnival. And she is very good at spotting shiny things. And soon she has a collection of nickels and she waddles back to the group excitedly and says, yes, would you like some? Now, um, Aldern lowers his head and looks at Raindrop and says, Raindrop, none of those came from the pockets of these carnival goers, did they? No, no, these ones were were dropped and forgotten, and I think they're whispering to me right now, and they they say they want to be spent 
by us for fun things. Oh, coins often whisper to the younger that they want to be spent. It's only once you're older that you realize the value in the saving of the nickels. But I suppose that the chance to see the girl with a thousand masks is well worth a nickel. I am happy to take on this sacrifice. Now, Aldern, uh, let, let's let the young whippersnapper here uh, take one of them nickels and run in there. Now, if she is so kind, perhaps I might be able to hold the other nine for safekeeping while she heads on in there to look at the them thousand-eyed masks or whatever it was. Sure, I only need the one here. Oh, you're too kind, sweetheart. Hamish pulls uh, his most vigilant bee uh, and places it next to Squeaker and says, Now, don't you let nothing funny happen here. Squeaker turns and says, Now, Hamish, what do you take me for? Some good-for-nothing charlatan who's going to take this, this young lady's nickels? Well, thou sayest. And uh, Squeakers turns and walks deeper into the carnival. And the vigilant bee bounces along after. As Raindrop makes her way towards the tent with the marquee for the girl with a thousand masks, she is stopped by a tall black cat standing on his hind legs. And the cat bends down and says, Young lady... What would it take to lure you deeper into chaos? And he, with a flourish, produces a bouquet out of nowhere. I would gladly accept chaos in the form of flowers. <laughs> and she'll eagerly reach up and carry them in her, her arms. As she touches the bouquet of flowers and grabs them, they disperse immediately into live butterflies that flutter all over the place and disappear into the twilight sky. Outside the tent, Hamish's ear twitches. No, some, something ain't right. Something around here? That ain't right, something. Raindrop, in a moment of forgetfulness about why she was there in the first place, sees these butterflies and she turns back from the tent and goes and starts chasing after them pushing through the crowd, trying to see if she can catch a butterfly. Squeakers, meanwhile, walks down the rows and rows of various vendors and he starts looking at a big bowl of something delicious. He smells the aroma of popcorn. Excuse me. I see you're eyeing my popping corn. Oh, uh, uh, that that was my mistake, ma'am. Oh, no, it's all perfectly fine if you have got a hay penny to spend. Oh, one hay penny, one hay penny. I, I only got these nine nickels. I don't got, I don't got a hay penny. Oh, well, I will gladly accept nine nickels. Now this is a conundrum, because I really want that popcorn. And Squeakers turns and he looks at the bee that's been following him, and he eyes him for 
just a moment. And he says, do you trust me? The bee says nothing. It's a bee. <laughs> <laughs> and Squeaker says, good enough for me. And he pulls out the stack of nine nickels and sets it on the counter. The small mole woman looks at the nickels and a flash of gold shines in her eyes. And she says, yes, popping corn for all. Wow. It's really easy to make friends when you got a lot of nickels. And Squeakers grabs a tub of popcorn and begins munching on it as he walks into the carnival. As Squeakers walks away, he's completely oblivious to the mole woman turning around and removing her face and slipping into the darkness. Aldern walks slowly through the festival, leaning on his walking stick, and comes across Raindrop as she chases the butterflies and says, Ah, now, Raindrop, aren't you on your way to the woman, the girl, uh, with the masks and the eyes? Right. That was what I was doing. But these butterflies, they're so, they're so pretty. Like, can't you see how they, they shimmer in the light? And then they just they just vanish. I'm sure if I could collect enough of them, there's like a prize, maybe? Maybe it's a game? But you're right. This festival is not entirely here nor there, if that makes sense to you. There is more here than meets the eye, and less here than meets the eye. Mm, more and less. Sounds exciting. Shall we see the girl with a thousand masks? We shall. And Raindrop reaches up and wraps her arm around uh, Aldern and begins leading him back towards the tent. Do you think the others would want to see the show with us as well? I know we kind of split, but uh, I think a show is going to be more fun with all of us. The show seems to be the prime attraction of this carnival, and I'm sure both Squeakers and Hamish would be remiss if they were not here. Well, shall we go perhaps wait at the entrance of the tent for them, then? As you say that, a great bubble of people swells through the crowd, and out pops at one end Hamish covered in a dome of bees. I've been looking for you folks. It turns out Everyone is afraid of bees. No! They're so cute! They just don't know your bees yet. No. And when bees are arranged in sphere form, I will admit they are not exactly easy on the eyes. Uh, a bystander uh, screams, Oh, the bees! There are too many bees! No, you never mind them bees! Squeakers, he wanders through the crowd, and as he emerges and he sees the group standing next to the entrance of the tent, he quickly realizes that he's holding a big tub of popcorn and tries to hide it behind his back. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, fancy, fancy running into y'all here. Are you going to come see the show with us? Uh, also, you smell very good and buttery. You know, that's just something my mama used to say to me. Oh, you just smell so 
so wonderful and buttery. <laughs> uh, come along, the show is about to start. Sure, sure thing. Winterhawk Podcasting presents Lower 48, a horror storytelling podcast presented bi-weekly starting March 8th. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Raindrop, in her excitement, kind of ushers everyone inside. And as you part the curtain of the tent, it seems somehow bigger on the inside than the outside. (laughs) The lights are dim, but there is track lighting down to the stage. And Raindrop grabs everyone and leads them to an empty row and sits us all down and watches eagerly. As Hamish enters, the bat who is taking tickets at the door begins trying to charge him for each of the bees. Um, sir, I am going to have to insist on a separate ticket price for each bee. Um, that will be one nickel per bee. That's approximately... I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the bees. Is that approximately... Two mm, hundred bees? I, I, what what was that last part? I could Once again, bees. I, I do apologize. Bees? Two hundred bees! Two hundred? There's exactly one hundred bees, you... Well, then I will need exactly one hundred nickels, or five dollars, if you prefer. Now, uh, this is an outrage. My bees never did no harm to nobody, and furthermore, they do not understand visual spectacle. Oh, fair enough. Oh, well, if you're willing to compromise, so am I. And Hamish pulls the silver whistle from his necklace and blows into it, and it makes no sound, but the bees form a straight line and orderly walk out of the tent. Well, thank you, sir. I hope you'll quite enjoy the music. The pleasure is all mine. And the bees. The lights dim, and a hush falls over the excited crowd as a young bat wearing a top hat and carrying a cane walks into the center ring. He holds a large cone to his mouth and says, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tonight is the night you've all been waiting for. When the girl with a thousand masks comes and performs her feat. And he gestures behind him and with thunderous applause enters a figure wearing a silk robe. Hamish gets a stern look on his face and he says, mm, don't care much for that, never did much care for feet. Mm. <laughs> As a woman in the silk dress takes center stage, below the stage comes a chorus of drums. As the drum beats, builds, and builds, the lady opens her mouth and the most beautiful voice Raindrop has ever heard starts to sing. 
and as she sings, everyone is frozen and cannot help but to stare at her. They can't look away. As the song goes on, the crowd looks around and notices that out from beneath their feet have sprouted small flowers. And as the plant life opens up, light shoots out around the dome of the tent. Points of light shining from the flowers shoot up into the top of the tent. Previously enormous, now world-sized. They form constellations, the shapes of masks smiling, masks frowning, masks making any expression you can think of. And they all look down onto the woman on the stage. While the music is so beautiful and enthralling, the space is so big and so wondrous, Raindrop can't help but to feel small. And it is both an uncomfortable feeling and an inspiring one. Squeakers looks in awe as he reaches down and realizes that his nails are scraping upon the bottom of the popcorn bucket. He murmurs under his breath, Oh, I have a tummy ache. Oh, at such a moment like this, and all you can think of is your stomach. All of a sudden, the, uh, the clear starry sky on the inside of the tent roof begins to cloud over, and lightning strikes, bolts flying from one side of the tent to the other. A voice rings out and says, Impostor! Squeakers uh, turns to Arden and says, Y'all think this is part of the show? This is probably part of the show, yeah. <laughs> I should hope so, or the so-called imposter is in some trouble. Raindrop looks around to see who he might be talking to, and as she looks behind her, the old woman sitting there stands up, and removes her face to reveal the mass Singer who was on stage. And she stands up, and she draws out a dazzling sword from her side and says, <gasps> Imposter I may be, but villain are you? And she rushes to the stage. Wow, I, I, I didn't see that one coming. That was indeed quite a shift in tone. This is really exciting. And uh, Raindrop pulls out a few pieces of popcorn to munch on. <laughs> a couple of more strikes of lightning shoot across the tent sky, and a cloudy shape forms on the stage. It's a ferret, a big gray ferret, wearing no fewer than four masks. Another turn. <laughs> the woman on the stage thrusts the sword into the sky, and as she does so, the lightning bolts thunder into the sword, and she yells, Villain, I banish you hence! The ferret takes a step back. He takes his paws and raises them in the air, revealing that he had two additional masks. <laughs> Not four masks, but six masks. Ooh. The audience goes hushed. <laughs> the ferret says, 
you may try to banish me, but I am more than just one ferret. And from behind, six more ferrets with six more masks emerge dancing around the woman with the sword. I wonder if they will actually multiply until there are a thousand masks on the ferrets. That is a many, many masks. I think it's a figurative number of masks there, Aldrin. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? I thought that this was going to be like a metaphor, but it seems like it's quite literal. It's very literal, I think. There are ferrets popping up all over the stage. The seven ferrets on the stage circle around the woman. As they go around the second turn, they stand one on top of the other until they form an enormous woman made of ferrets. Now I do declare, I, in all my days, ain't never seen something so spectacular. You know, uh, I'm not surprised that they had to make the tent bigger on the inside because that is one large ferret lady. That is, without a doubt, the largest ferret lady that I have ever seen. Whoa. And as the ferret lady begins to battle with the other woman, swords clashing, suddenly there is a burst of sound, and all of the ferrets and the masts explode into an army of butterflies. Oh my goodness. Now... Are those monarchs? Now, Squeaker, as you know, there's only one monarch butterfly left in all this world. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. As the monarch butterflies disperse within the crowd, they land on each individual person and vanish. And Raindrop turns to look at everyone else and says, well, maybe it's metaphor. That one's, that one's a metaphor. Maybe we are the last monarch ourselves. Yeah, or maybe we were the masks, like the butterflies. Maybe we were the thousand. There's a lot to unpack here. The metaphor's a little murky, but I understand where they're coming from. Could you elucidate, please? I'm completely in the dark about this. <laughs> now, I don't know if we can do that. I don't have any sort of special mushrooms or any special teas that'll help us hallucinate. I see what you've done there, and I do not acknowledge it. As the sky above returns to the interior of the tent and the mystical atmosphere dissipates, the tall cat that had previously spoken to Raindrop takes center stage and says, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this performance of The Girl with a Thousand Masks. Join us again in an hour for the second performance of the girl with a thousand masks. Hey, that's two thousand masks. Squeakers turns to Raindrop and says, uh, Raindrop, mm-hmm. I, I, I got something I gotta admit to you. Yes? Well, you see, earlier, when you trusted me with all your nickels, mm-hmm. well, I saw some popcorn and it smelled mighty sweet, and, well, I'm, I might have given them all your nickels. You know, 
those nickels weren't mine to begin with, and I think they wanted to go home with the popcorn lady. So I think everyone wins here. <laughs> and she'll flick the last piece of popcorn from her pocket into her mouth and waddle <laughs> further into the carnival. As our heroes trudge away from the tent into the carnival, a trail of bees follows them. And as the bees scuttle off into the distance and our heroes along with them, a small mushroom-like creature appears, popping out of the ground, its cap changing from one color to another to another, and now a face, and now another face, and now another face, and now another face. The small and forgotten god known as the Lady with a Thousand Masks slips back into the earth. Next week on Wander and Rome. Our friends follow the dusty road that winds away from the forest and the Mist Glen Carnival. As they crest over the top of a hill, they see before them a crumbling ruin. Small cairns, previously candlelit, now dim, guide the way to a green and mossy constructed pond, partially encircled by a stone structure, supported by crumbling pillars. On the far end of the pond, the pillars lead to large rotted doors that lead deeper into the structure. Welcome to the ruins of the slobbering god. Music for Wander and Rome is written and performed by Gary Argyle. Wander and Rome is produced by Winterhawk Podcasts. For more great shows, visit winterhawkpodcasting.com.